0: Wanda and Vision are having marital problems, everyone. The kids are growing up just too darn fast. Neighbor Agnes is overstepping her bounds. Puppy plot lines on the couch, heart to hearts. A visit from a wacky relative. And of course, a botched drone strike. All on episode five of WandaVision. Welcome to MCU Pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host, Mike Moody-Garcia.
1: Hey, what's going on, Grant?
0: Hey, you're looking good there.
1: Am I? I'm in our studio.
0: You are. You're in our... Uh, we, Mike and I have a re- recording studio. No biggie. We're not trying to plug that usually, but uh, we do here in Austin, Texas. So Oh, okay. It's a full-on plug. <laughs> <point. laughs> uh We are joined once again by our buddy and comic books aficionado, Randy Lander.
2: Hey, what's up? I am, of course, in uh, Rogue's Gallery... Uh, comic book and games of round rock texas actually i'm not i'm at my house but as long as we're doing plugs i mean looking
0: looking at the background how do we know the difference
2: (laughs) i was like yeah you are look at that there's less (laughs) comics at the store actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh this week we got a foursome because we are joined by our buddy bryce castillo of night attack modern rogue cord killers scam nation league of fun games rage select did i miss anything MCU pod. <laughs> now the MCU pod, that's
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, thanks for, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, uh, super excited to have you because you know what this means. You don't, but I'm going to show you here. It means I can finally use this overlay.
1: Oh, uh-huh. I can move a little bit.
0: <laughs> I was apparently way off with my overlay. <laughs> okay, that I was awesome. I like awful. that. I'm vision. Thank you.
1: Because
0: <laughs> your glasses. Because I'm the um, dead
1: guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we are streaming the pod live over on YouTube, talking WandaVision, episode five. And yes, there's going to be spoilers for this episode, especially this episode. I think some big things happen here that there's no way for us not to talk about that. Um, but before we dive into discussing this episode, Mike, can you let people know how they could support this little podcast? No <clears throat> No coughing.
1: Yeah, you can subscribe here on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, and just go to mcupod.com, rate and review us on Apple, but subscribe on Apple. I think that's what really helps us. If you subscribe, tell your friends, tell one friend, hey, there's this new podcast called MCU Pod. They're covering WandaVision. They're not as pretentious as the other pods, mainly because they don't know what they're doing, so they're fun, and watch them. And if you are watching us live, uh, toss us some comments and questions in the live chat, Be sure to type POD, capital P-O-D, in front of your comment if you want us to see it and hopefully mention it a little later in the pod. Yeah. Um, All right. So we're going to dive into this week's episode.
0: This one is called On a Very Special Episode. It's the fifth episode of WandaVision, as I've already said, written once again by Jack Schaefer, I believe, assisted by Cameron Squires on this episode, directed by Matt Shackman, feels like Jack Schaefer and Max Shackman are the only ones doing the entire season together. And they're, in my opinion, rocking it. Um, The synopsis for this episode, Wanda addresses Vision's worries when he grows suspicious of the neighbor's strange behavior. I guess. (laughs) I guess that works. Um, So let's start off by going around the room, giving our hot takes, or as I believe one of our listeners said, hot quakes, hot quakes. Bryce, you want to take it away? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh. Uh, Yeah. Since we haven't heard your thoughts overall on the show at all, Mm. what are you thinking? And then what do you think about this episode? So going into
3: WandaVision, I was uh, optimistically skeptical, let's Mm. say, okay, um, because uh, it, it, if, this is this is far outside of the scope of this podcast but i went and i watched uh, the new wonder woman and i was like oh yeah i forgot that i am actually really over the superhero stuff ah. <laughs> this, is, this is really kind of not doing it for me um but the, the first episode i really did enjoy and i have been enjoying wandavision the one other thing the other kind of nitpick thing that this episode specifically changed for me was, you know, I, I like mysteries and I like, you know, it and things like that. And I guess, I guess, uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm also grading this show on that superhero curve. of like, okay, she's going to be in a tube or she's going to be, she's going to have a magic stone or, you know, someone's got her on a, on a, uh, in a bed somewhere. And, uh, while it does seem like at least some of that is happening, um, this episode especially in particular has kind of started to fray at the edges a little bit of of that of those concerns of mine about like really how deep is this going to go how good is this mystery going to be for the company that makes two-hour movies where people punch each other in the face a lot and uh i i'm i'm really digging it i think that they're they're I actually really enjoy just the sitcom bits uh, from you know in the episodes. I think those are are really good. And last week with the kind of the format change, I think it really landed it well without being too heavy handed. Um, in like, oh, here is all of the things about the mystery, everybody. Yeah, like, I, I think that they handle it with some tact um, for the genre. So I, I'm 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 digging it, um, and I'm I'm starting to I'm getting in the groove.
0: Right on, yeah. Now, Randy, you were down on this last time you were on this up uh, the show. And since then we've had episode four and, and now this one. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking?
2: Uh I'm thinking that the show has come around to what I want it to be. Uh I don't retract anything I said about those first three episodes. I still feel like they could have you
0: owe a big apology. Nope,
2: nope. They could have made those three episodes, could have been two episodes. And we could have had episode four at number three. They were way too self-indulgent, and I still feel that way. I will always feel that way. That said, You're stubborn. <laughs> episode four was exactly what I was hoping for. And this episode is kind of what I wanted the show to be in the first place, which is I want a blend of the sitcom stuff, but to see the context of it from the outside. So jumping out to the sword installation and then jumping back in and seeing what the difference is between... uh I, I like that the Laugh Track is now all sort of sinister and that kind of thing. And I like that... When we're seeing it, we know what it is now. We know that we know a little bit more about what it is. And that that makes it land. That doesn't make me wonder why I'm watching a sitcom. I know now why I'm watching a sitcom. I'm watching it because the sword agents are watching it. It's almost kind of a meta thing, which they reference a few times in this episode. Uh so yeah, you I knew I, that
0: in episode one.
2: No, we didn't know the full we didn't know the full deal, and now we do. <laughs> I am I am very much on board and they've got me with some of the mysteries, including the big spoiler at the end of this episode. I thought they did a great job with, and now I'm like, chomping at the bit to get the next episode i remain team why didn't let us binge all this at once but whatever
0: (laughs) we will argue this until the end of time uh mike what are you thinking uh
1: you know i've been enjoying this since the beginning um i really like the sitcom stuff as it started out i was like just super engaged i think we talked about that a few a few times on the pod where i would if this show was just aping sitcoms for you know what, it's nine episodes mm-hmm. that would be fine with me. I love those old sitcoms and it's fun. Uh, like Bryce said he was really into that too. And I was kind of um, finally becoming really invested in Wanda and vision as characters, um, seeing them in this like utopian suburban life and trying to have kids and stuff. I finally like felt for them. But as the walls have started to crack, the last few episodes, it's it's gotten a lot more exciting for sure. So I'll give you that, Randy. It's a lot more exciting now that we're getting the blend of the sitcom world and the the real world. But this one was great. It was, I was super engaged with the plot about the new dog. <laughs> that was probably the most exciting thing to happen this week, right? The new yeah. dog, yeah.
2: And the the, yeah. the
1: Miller Boyette Full House style opening was was <laughs> awesome. But I was also super engaged with. Just everything in this episode, the scene in which Wanda like literally breaks the fourth wall and confronts everybody in sword and is like, yo, get out of my, get out of my hood, you eavesdropping bitches. This is Wanda's <laughs> west side. Come on. I, mm-hmm. and then she like points all her guns, all their guns straight at the, the guy who's obviously the bad guy, uh, <laughs> the head of sword, whatever his name is. That was extremely powerful. It was followed by all these cracks or dominoes falling in the facade of Westview vision becoming like more self-aware and that cold grip of reality finally like grabbing Wanda and starting to shake her and shake this this whole world down for her was just super compelling. Um and I love that her like happy place is sitcoms because that was that was also my happy place growing up. And I think that's obviously a conscious decision. I think a lot of us kind of learned lessons in life through television and and or did you all have good parents I don't know but television (laughs) was my teacher and my babysitter probably (laughs) Wanda's too so I really uh, I'm really connecting with that Um, but I'm also just connecting with the idea that Wanda is a lot more dangerous and more powerful than we really ever knew if you didn't really know her in the comics like I didn't I just know her really from the MCU so it's exciting to learn more about her and it's exciting to see the outside world um, breaking into her fake world and just messing with her so much and seeing how she'll react.
0: Uh, before my hot take, I, I see this comment here from Dennis McElwain, who says, Pod, episode five is what two and three should have been. And surprise cameo is probably who Monica should have been. If the sitcoms had been funny, I would have liked the first three. Ooh. Harsh. Did <laughs> <Can> Randy <laughs> write that?
2: Um, um, no, Dennis and I are separate people. We've been in the same place. I can.
1: I don't know. I saw you seriously typing. While...
2: I don't have any pictures of us in the same place, though, so I can't prove that.
1: <laughs> well, look, look. Will Morris has a comment. I'm just, I'm just going to bring it up. What do you guys think of director Hayward's blood, bloodthirst for Wanda, Hydra agent, evil demon, or crush gone wrong? Hayward is the guy I mentioned, right? The, the yeah, the head yeah, of Thor. Uh, He's, I looked up. Yeah,
2: I looked up his name, and he, he sucks. Is, He's he's not a guy from the Marvel universe. Usually, you can look up names and be like, "Oh, he's he's this obscure character." I don't recognize that name, and I've read a fair amount of Marvel comics. But what he reminds me of is there's a guy who, in the especially in the '70s and '80s, there was this uh, agent called Henry Peter Gyrick, who is basically this crew cut guy with the uh, with glasses, who was basically a big jerk, and he like came down to the Avengers and told him, "No, you have to have only seven members." And he was behind the project hunting down mutants. That's how he he was, like
0: a, Thunderbolt Ross became, or like William Stryker a little bit. Yeah, he
2: he sort of was the government guy who he worked with the superheroes. He was a liaison, but he never liked them. And that's the vibe I was getting from Hayward. I don't know. that's a sinister vibe, so much as a uh, kind of like what Thunderbolt Ross is in the MCU. He's very suspicious of them, and reasonably so. She is a weapon of mass destruction. There'd be a reason you put this guy in charge of the agency that looks over superhumans. You want someone who doesn't fully trust them, really. Sure, and
3: and and she's she's very dangerous. You know, Mike, you brought this up a little bit, but you know, when when she breaks out of the out of the hex, I think she has a really really interesting positioning as a antagonist uh, to to Sword in that she is keeping this whole town hostage and she wants nothing. There's yeah. not she is not in conflict the way that Sword is in conflict with her, and I think it's really refreshing, and it poses a lot of questions like that you have different weak points if you don't need for anything um and maybe the the twist at the end of the episode is going to reveal a weak point or something but uh, i i think it was it was very interesting even when they just laid it out very plainly of like i don't i have everything i want
1: you know it was, that was really really powerful yeah i i i
0: get that when we have people like jimmy woo and darcy leaning to each other and saying hayward is a dick it's Very, <laughs> it's very easy for us to also quickly go yeah hayward is a dick but i think that is a little bit also marvel playing on us the audience because they know that we have seen um Wanda through the lens of being the hero, being mm-hmm. the the young person taken on by the Avengers after being a little bit of a rival and rising to the challenge of being a hero. And then it, it is also kind of a, a great litmus test for where these characters fell on the whole Civil War saga thing going mm-hmm. on because it does seem like woo and and Darcy have that uh, have more sympathy to um, Captain America's argument. Whereas uh, Hayward might be a little bit more leaning toward what Iron Man was saying. Like if you can at, at the push of your hand level, an entire building, there should be a level of oversight and accountability perhaps. So I don't know if I necessarily see him as a villain and, and his kind of jockeying for power with Wu happened right after Wu, like kind of was a little bit of a dick to him. Wasn't he? Like he, he talked about like, her being potentially That's an oversimplification. But you got it.
3: You pretty much got it. <laughs> and like, then, yeah, very unnecessary.
2: <laughs> you know what's interesting is Wu when we first meet him in Ant Man and Wasp, he's the antagonist. He's in the Hayward role. He is overseeing Scott, and he likes him, and he, he's he basically is getting, like, getting along with him. But he is going to he's going to take him down, and he is enforcing the law. And so the notion that he has sort of softened a little bit, maybe his interaction with uh, Scott and Ant Man, and realizing that. You know, maybe the government doesn't always know what's best.
1: Right. I want to bring up this comment from Kern, who's kind of picking up on what you guys are saying. Kern says, it's almost too obvious they are trying to make Hayward the secret villain. I'm hoping it's not the case.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm just a little bit skeptical because I think it's, it's a lot of what you were talking about last week, Mike, with um, how Marvel's aware they're playing with our our allegiances already to Wanda. And if they do kind of make her maybe not the main villain, but a villain here, she is willingly taking and playing puppet master to people and not releasing them from her grip to an extent. Although mm-hmm. an argument could be made that it's not solely her. And maybe Agnes is also playing a part, especially when uh, vision like unlocks that co-worker's mind. He's talking about her. She won't, yeah, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. it, th- that could be a red herring, as a scarlet herring, uh, <laughs> that uh, that it's it's you know her controlling, but it could could be
2: Agnes. Who, by the way,
0: a lot of people theorize is Agatha Harkness, a, a, a witch villain in the comics.
2: Well, villain and hero. She's she's a little ambiguous. She's Agatha, been Agatha Harkness. Harkness.
0: Is she like as, a mrs webb or something
2: uh something yeah. like she was she was like the governess to reed richards kid at some point like she has been both good and bad hmm. um and so if they're doing something like that 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 be i think that's possible you i hadn't picked up on that they said they said her he wasn't using uh he was using pronouns that's that's clever uh you of scarlet though it was interesting to get get confirmed that she is not the scarlet witch in the MCU she does not have a code name
0: she's never had yeah
3: they went very far out of the way to not say Scarlet Witch, and it was weird because I haven't kept up with Marvel stuff in, in maybe a minute. But I thought at some point they would have she would have had that code name, and they have a whole discussion talking around a code name for
1: her. I yeah, was, and I,
2: I wondered what sure. the point was of that too. I wondered if there was I a think reason it's just
1: that. it might just be a dramatic moment later in the series when someone does give her that name It'll and she does burn it. Yeah, Darcy will be the one <laughs> who will somehow crowbar mm-hmm. that in.
0: <laughs> and we'll go, it's okay because it's Kat Dennings and everything she does is boring. she came up with a hex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she yeah, you gotta give her credit for the hex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's talk about well, let's talk about the intro first off. This okay. this 80s intro. We're in the mm-hmm. 80s, and they embrace that in all of its awkward glory with the saccharin, you know, sitting on the couch and consoling your kids, uh having deep talks about um the, the dog <laughs> the serious Ooh. dog plot um the intro sequence was very much a blend of like family ties and growing pains and it had such a hokey song that <laughs> was trying to rival how egregiously long the end credits of this show
2: 100 <laughs> <laughs> growing pains by the way i mean it's such a such a reference to that the painting in the beginning was
0: yeah family ties right yeah
2: yeah and the the male voice sounded
3: a lot like alan thick
0: i mean singing <laughs> sounded yeah. a, little, a lot like
3: alan thick who wrote
1: a bunch of those theme songs yeah. maybe they
0: got robin thick the
1: <laughs> dedication to
0: his dad oh.
1: it felt um, it also felt like a blend of like the miller boyette sitcoms as well like cool. full house and, uh, especially, well, especially full house, but also, um, was step-by-step mm-hmm. and of course the set was very much the full house set. It felt like,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of the lines, one of the lines in the song I noticed was the, uh, making it up as we go along. Did you catch that one?
1: Mm. There's, yeah. there's,
2: there's definitely like the whole, they, they make us listen to the whole theme song, but they're layering and nothing is wasted right now, which I kind of appreciate.
0: Too many cooks. It was a <laughs> um, there was a there's a scene where you see Wanda as a kid and she's with all this graffiti in the background and it does feel like their version of like of Sokovia like it seemed West Germany-ish, right? Mm-hmm. East, East Germany-ish. Um, and then <laughs> the funny pictures of uh, Vision as a little kid, which was just kind of cracking me up because <laughs> I don't know. It, it, they're, they're just fully embracing this idea that uh he is a human i guess (laughs) he's grown up
3: and Uh, the montage assuming we're supposed to think that some of the photos of of billy and tommy are in that montage there mm -hmm. then you know those are wholly created those those are complete artifice so and we know that kind of wanda and vision are not experiencing that same amount of artifice right like they are watching they i mean we see it they watch the kids grow up right in front of them Mm -hmm. and so they are not so someone is 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 I, i think whoever this shadow entity behind wanda um is is doing a lot of work in terms of bending reality and creating um you know fake history for for these characters
0: right that's a good point yeah because like they've mentioned multiple times oh she's editing what we see as a tv show And, you know, part of my other question there is from the outside world perspective, they seem to be watching this show, not as like 30 minutes and done, but over the course of the day. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's, if this is like, it's on a loop or if they are seeing a lot more stuff that falls on the cutting room floor before the, the end version we get.
2: Right. Right. Well, it's interesting in the, in the comics, um, Wanda had an arc Then the same arc where Vision gets disassembled. Um, Wanda becomes goes evil for the first time we've ever seen. And she basically develops this split personality and she becomes a sort of cruel, vindictive, super powerful version of herself. And I'm wondering if they're referencing that here, if it's basically that she is um, if she is basically having a split per- So it's not like there's, a, there's a, a sinister person behind her, but that oh. she has like because the person that she is when she comes out of that field is a very self-possessed villain type Wanda. It is not the Wanda we're seeing in the in the scenes in the TV show. And I'm thinking either Agatha is like manipulating her or that she has had like a psychotic break. And basically the Wanda who, who we're seeing in the show, that's the real Wanda we know. And the psychotic version of her is the one who's creating all this stuff. And she's basically working against herself. And
3: when Monica gets shot out, she, Monica, maybe it's because it was, was so immediate. Monica's still wearing the kind of 70s garb that she came in with mm-hmm. or that she was wearing. But then when we see Wanda uh, exit the field, you know, she's got kind of her Marvel movie look, right? Mm-hmm. She's got the, mm-hmm. the superhero outfit and kind of got her Eastern
1: block half
3: accent back yep. a little bit instead yep. of the American accent that she's using. Um that would make a lot of sense if it's a split personality thing. Wow that would
1: that would make a ton of sense. And i I kind of thought the same thing too, when she broke the barrier and she was extremely self-possessed and she was a completely different person. And okay. I thought she's living inside this this construct because in there, she hopes and thinks that she can be the the more innocent version of Wanda uh, that we never knew um in terms of like being fans of the MCU the wanda who whose parents were not killed by oh. a, a a stark warhead you know who didn't um get experimented on who didn't lose her brother someone right. who hasn't seen all this trauma she can exist in this happy bubble with her husband um but when she something threatens that she comes out she leaves all that behind she sheds all that behind she, I guess she hulks out and becomes uh, a protector of what she's built. But that being said, um, it could definitely, I could definitely see it going that extra mile where there is just a split in personalities and one person becomes two. Well, she literally sees red. Like when the drone mm-hmm. shows up at her and, they, and
2: and it starts threatening her, her eyes glow red. Like she becomes a different, but her power starts activating. And we saw the, in, in video, the, the, comic panels that, that grant put up they referenced all that stuff in her going to recover vision's corpse out of the sword facility that is not the that is the wanda who came out of the the field mm-hmm. that is that is the Wanda we saw like she she broke into a secure facility she used her powers she grabbed her husband's corpse and, and all the parts that they dissembled and brought him back like like that is the wanda we saw that is a level of power that that we haven't seen her except the one she used against thanos like That version of Wanda is not the one we're seeing inside the bubble.
0: But that was kind of that was one of those lingering questions of whether or not she was making up Vision whole cloth or if she was playing weekend at Bernie's with his corpse. And it seems like it's kind of darkly, twistedly the latter. And so then everyone in this bubble is accounted for, except for her kids uh-huh. and how do they exist? What are they? Are are they actual physical beings that are being repurposed from something else? Or did if someone is if there's a grander architect playing um playing Puppet Master with Wanda, then is there also something even skeevier going on with her being impregnated, I don't even, like, it's weird well, what's going on there.
2: Toward the end when the kids, when she's talking to the kids after the the they, they don't, she gets them to not de-age or re-age after the puppy dies. Right. She says a bunch of, the kids tell her, like, bring back the dead, mom. You can do that. And she's saying, I can't do that. But she's already done it. She's already brought Vision back from the dead. They're, they're calling attention to that. And she may have created life wholly after after she brought Vision back she may have creative life with her twins. Like she may be growing in power.
0: She may be. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about the other gigantic uh, reveal that happens in this episode with um, cool uncle Jesse, AKA uncle uh, Pietro that shows up here. Yep. Yep. Um, With his, his grody accent. We had already speculated a little bit ago (laughs) that we knew Evan Peters was being listed in the casting. And it was like, are they going to do something where they bring him in? Because that would be them addressing the whole folding of the worlds, the multiverse issue of this was the Quicksilver of the Mm X-Men versus the Aaron Taylor Johnson version. And when like in the beginning, when they're kind of going through the back history Mm -hmm. of of her relationship with Quicksilver, I I was noticing, oh, they're not showing any pictures of him. Mm -hmm. I wonder why they're not showing any pictures of the Aaron Taylor Johnson version. I was like, "Do you think that like when we finally see him, it's going to be the other version?" But it turns out it's a little bit of both <laughs> because of the acknowledgement at the end. Oh, did they recast?
2: I love, I love the fourth wall break of that. This is one of the reasons that the whole sitcom thing kind of works for me, is that you could have a character like Darcy be like, "They should recast Pietro," so they can call it out, and it can be this weird thing where so all the fans don't go, "Wait a minute, that's not Pietro," and you just have to get on board with it. No, they actually are doing it. And Wanda is basically is changing reality, which is not reality. It's the MCU reality. I, I love all the, the, I love the levels of that. That, that, that is great.
0: You know, they had the big question of how, where do they go in phase four with, um, with this kind of opening the door of messing with the time stone and splitting off different alternate realities. And where do they go with trying to fold in, a lot of characters and storylines like X Men or Fantastic Four that haven't been currently existing in this MCU. And it seems like Wanda is at least one of the conduits for them to begin to merge perhaps the best parts. And mm-hmm. I think most people would argue that Evan Peters' characterization of Quicksilver was one of the few highlights of the X Men franchise. Mm-hmm. So seeing him here is awesome to me.
1: Yeah, I did. I did enjoy him and it got my brain racing as to what does this mean? Is Evan Peters playing Peter? They called him Peter in the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. um, the the Fox version of Pietro. Or is he someone else? There was a lot of speculation that he was playing the character that you guys have mentioned before, Mephisto. And who can also take on different forms, right? Yeah, a shape- uh, shapeshifter. So Why would he shapeshift into that
0: version of Quicksilver? <laughs> because, I like, I, this, Randy, maybe you can explain this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is there are a lot of comic creators' explanations for how Wanda's powers work, and they yeah. sometimes are kind of co- contradicting because mm-hmm. some might not really have a good grasp of what it's supposed to be. It could potentially be that what she's able to do is bend between multiverse realities and bring stuff in and out from other realities as as which power, in which case she brought a live version of Pietro who just looks different. And this would play perfectly into what they're planning to do with like Spider-Man. If they're going to bring in a Tobey Maguire and an Andrew Garfield into the Mm -hmm. Tom Holland version of Spider-Man, like they look different. But so
2: character. At one point at, during the John Byrne run, which is the same one that they're heavily referencing here, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was a if that was a touchstone. Um, Wanda's powers have changed numerous times. Everybody rewrite every writer rewrites them. Every every writer does them differently. But when John Byrne was writing it, he did have her using powers. Basically, she was bringing alternate realities, and she could change the flow of reality. So that is not a crazy version of her powers. That is a version that has existed in the comics. So if they decide to go that route, I could totally see it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
2: I want to go on record here, and this is foolish because I was on record before this all started with my friend that sword was not going to be in this and they were in the first episode. But I'm going to go on record here to say I don't think Mephisto is going to be in this series. Okay, I think I think it's a red herring. I I don't think we're going to get Mephisto.
1: I, I do like the idea that it is that she did pull from another reality to bring an emotional anchor that she needed her brother back. And maybe she doesn't know that she can maybe if if we Uh are talking split personality, she doesn't know that she can bring back the dead. But her powers, you know, fueled by her emotion and that emotional need of some kind of close anchor, a person who could anchor her during this tumultuous time, somehow went into that other reality and pulled out a peer that is alive. So she Uh she doesn't think that she can create life, but she can cross into a parallel universe somehow and bring somebody over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what if
3: uh, i mean what if it wasn't her that brought uh the fox version of pietro into this into this show i mean I, I think it would be an interesting wrinkle and i don't know enough about the comics uh especially her backstory to say what is and is impossible but um i think it's interesting that she only mentions, you know, as she's telling the kids, and she's kind of fibbing a little bit so that they're not, you know, super bummed out about mommy's got a dead brother. Um, <laughs> but you know, she says, "Oh, my, you know, my brother is kind of missing, is gone." And even when Pietro shows up, he he mentions he's the long lost brother, not the mm-hmm. risen from the grave. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if it could be. S- some who, if there's a second entity who's watching the show or directing the show, saying, "Oh, now I know a little bit about Wanda's backstory. She's she's got a brother named Pietro. Let's find a Pietro," and you know, pulls it from another reality, and it, you kind of get the, uh, you know, the 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 off-brand or the 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 different one. And who I- could that be?
0: <laughs> <laughs> On screen, I just pulled up a picture for anyone listening uh, of, Agnes, of Agnes, who. They they did some really interesting stuff in the beginning of this episode especially yeah. where you Agnes comes in as the babies are crying there is some kind of awkwardness that's going on with the the live studio audience, in which I felt like there were certain jokes that weren't hitting very hard, or like the audience seemed a little stilted. Like when um, Vision would make a joke, or some like it, one line would kind of run into the other, especially as he's talking about like pacifiers and they're running to take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like the beat you take for the audience to laugh, um, and it it felt almost like. Things weren't working very well up until the point where she comes in, and there's the odd exchange where Vision's like, "Actually, you know what? I don't want you to touch a baby." And she stops and pauses, like she missed her line,
2: mm-hmm. and she
0: turns and's like, "Do you want me to to start from the beginning or do this whole scene?" Like, like uh, she's Agnes seems aware of the yeah. construct, and she seems like to some extent a more willing participant than the coworker of vision who's terrified. Please let me out. She seems like she's on the spot ready to help them during stressful situations, knock on the door, come in and, Oh, I have a doghouse, or, Oh, I'm, I'm here to help you with the crying babies or, Oh, this scene didn't play out the way you want Wanda. Do you want me to start from the top and we can get a better take for the final cut that goes out to the public? And
3: in episode three, when she was talking to the neighbor who was cutting uh-huh. through the cement uh-huh. wall, she, doesn't doesn't she have a, a similar part of that conversation with that neighbor? Yeah, um, she she seems like don't talk about uh, right details and and things like that. She
2: seems she has always seemed a little aware of what's going on, and and this episode in particular, we get that we get that she um she does the whole take, and she also says to Wanda. You want me to hold the baby, so it's not just like she can she can feel the control being being put over her. I think.
0: Do you think that was her asserting a little bit of control over Wanda? I what don't.
2: I think I think she's reading Wanda's intent. I think oh. she can read Wanda's intent, and she's trying to live up to it for whatever reasons. Uh, I I think that um, she also says there's a line. She's after the kids grow up. The first time she says, "Kids can't control it, no matter how hard you try." And like, she's right. They're like She's like the one thing that Wanda can't do anything about.
0: If if she's constantly listening at the door, it seems like Vision's already sort of sort of picking up on this, and he's a little awkward around her and mm-hmm. like suspicious of her, especially like when the door's not like someone's knocking on the door. You also have Agnes right there with wrapping up the dead dog. She yeah, what happens? But who knows? Maybe she killed the dog as another way to trigger Wanda uh, about this idea of grief, and Wanda is in a bubble of grief that she's she's constructed to try and help her her cope with this trauma and now she's confronted with children that she has to try and be a parent and like address how you deal with someone dying that she herself clearly doesn't know how to have that kind of serious conversation
1: but she's retreated she's retreated to a world in which those type of emotions or problems or issues are wrapped up within 30 minutes right, right? she she did that on purpose uh, and she's trying, she, it's, it's almost like like this, when she was trying to teach the kids about life and death, it felt like, you know, um, Bob Saget sitting down and, and having a chat with, with DJ about the same thing. Randy, I, I had a very special Randy episode the
0: by the way. I'm kidding. I don't know where Randy went. He'll be back.
1: <laughs> Randy's gone. I, well, I was just going to ask Randy, but I'll ask you grant because, well, you're here. Um, <laughs> you're stuck with me. Okay. <laughs> and Bryce, feel free to weigh in on this. Sure. Um, With Randy mentioning that, um, bringing up the split personality thing with Wanda, and we're talking about Agnes, um, I kind of feel Agnes could be one of three things. She's either um, a lackey of of Wanda. She's potentially another manifestation of Wanda's split personality, Mm. maybe kind of made flesh or. She's just somebody who lived in Westview and got caught up with this and has enough foresight to understand what's going on. And she's just like, I'm going to roll with it because what else can I do? What Do you guys think those are viable? Or
0: evil puppet master over
1: Wanda. I know that's what you think. Fourth option. Yeah, fourth fourth option.
0: <laughs> I,
3: I think I subscribe to a two entities situation because I think the dynamic happening here, the kind of bi-directional relationship is that you know, Wanda is getting a chance to live out kind of an American dream sort of lifestyle. And someone who would look to, say, cosmically control a lot of power, well, you know, they have Wanda. Uh, We see Vision kind of using his powers a a good bit uh, in this episode, where he's just been kind of... He hasn't been very powerful in in the previous episodes. Uh, And now, you know, Wanda has... Two, two more you know two kids, two new entities that she's not able to control. so it seems like they're pretty powerful. And now the addition of Pietro, her twin who would you would presume to be about as powerful as her. I mean it, it seems like you know Wanda's having a good time and someone is building up a big is is building some is getting some batteries or some sort of you know getting a good reserve of power I and so I don't know where that fits in with is Agnes? Uh, a split personality or a lackey or whatnot. But I, I don't know. I feel like there's gotta be an evil mastermind. That's not Wanda. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of validity to all of these claims, which yeah. is the sign of a good mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: I, I do like the idea that if it is Agnes, it's not Agnes under the control or operating alongside someone else, some unseen wizard of Oz, like Mephisto. I would like it just to be her. Because mm-hmm. Catherine Han's amazing and <laughs> she can, she can carry being a villain all on her own. If, right. if that's the direction they want to go. Um, yeah. So I think on top of uh, we've addressed Wanda. We haven't talked up much about the, the B plot going on with, um, with Monica and Darcy and woo. But I think one thing, to note in in particular is in that intro sequence with or you know right after the credits when we have monica waking up we we first are talking about her recounting what's going on with with how it feels um when when they're being controlled by wanda and i thought it was really interesting that she's talking about like there's an awareness but it's you're being suppressed by You're you're in this depressed state where you just mm-hmm. are so lethargic and apathetic that you you can't kind of fight against it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this idea that Wanda is projecting her own grief onto other people to make them complicit to her will. Mm-hmm. And I find you know all the more fascinating as far as another facet of her seemingly infinite cosmic power. Like she is easily one of the most powerful. Like we even get that nerdy exchange of like how she could have taken down Thanos. Like once again, these are these are us comic fans. <laughs> uh, I in, in Darcy and Wu, but love that. But yeah, she's she's playing on other people's grief, which is crazy.
1: I like that Monica was she's the character outside of Westview who has the most seems to have the most sympathy for Wanda, right? Mm-hmm. And she was the one who was brought in to experience her her world of grief, right? right. And I, I just think it's interesting on in like just a meta layer that we're kind of in that position too, because we watched all these terrible things happen to Wanda in the MCU. The show's named after her. She's one of the Avengers. She's a character who we, you know, typically have an affection for. So even though she's doing all these terrible things, we have sympathy for her. So it's kind of like Monica, we're, we're in the same shoe, Monica and us, we're we're wearing the same shoes. You know, we both feel, uh, this sympathy towards her. Um, we also see that the scans come back
0: and, uh, Randy, you were, you were pointing this out with me, but her, her entire like x-ray or whatever they had took, it's all blasted out white. Yeah, And this could be an indication of another theory. Monica Rambeau is a a superhero in her own right in the Marvel comics. And this could be her origin stories somehow getting blasted by whatever radiation power is emitting from the one of the most powerful uh, superheroes on planet Earth right now. uh, Wanda, does this in a way manifest as powers that transform her into her own Captain Marvel or was it like uh photon? Is that her name?
2: Photon was her code name. She was she was introduced as Captain Marvel in the 80s, the second Captain Marvel. And then uh, at some point they decided to give that name over to a the son of the other Captain Marvel and then they gave it to Carol. And so she was she was the first Captain Marvel, uh, the first female Captain Marvel at Marvel. I love this character. I was not here for episode four, so I have to say. I am so happy. I don't care what happened in the first three episodes. I was gonna fall in love with the show the minute that they did her right. And she's been perfect so far. Um she when she in the comics, she has this really powerful power set where she is turned into pure energy by like an accident, and she can become neutrinos or light or whatever, and she can fly faster than light. She's immensely powerful. And I'm wondering if that's what happened to her because she's not showing up on x-rays and they say something about, they have to take her blood work again. And I'm like, is it because she doesn't have any blood? Is it because she's basically energy now? Like, like did they go ahead and do this? And there's a point where she's talking about what she needs to get through the barrier. And she names off photons, neutrons, seismic blasts, and like three different elements. And I'm like, are they setting up that she's going to be able to walk right back in at some point?
0: I mean, yeah, she got blasted through buildings, like tearing through them. And she's alive. So either, you know, as she said, Wanda protected me even as she expelled me from this kind mm-hmm. of experiment. Or maybe something already had happened to her by being in the bubble.
1: Yeah. And and all these references to to Monica, to all this weirdness around Monica, right? The x-rays, um, the, the different things that aren't showing up like they should for her are also coupled with references to Captain Marvel in the same scene. So it stands to reason that we are going to see Monica obviously in the next Captain Marvel movie, but maybe as a superhero. Mm -hmm.
2: I have a crazy theory. I think Hayward is not going to wind up being director of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's already uh, what interim director or, or, or temporary director of S.W.O.R.D., I think Monica, Monica is going to wind up director of Sword.
0: I mean, doesn't that kind of track with some of the stuff in the comics as well? Is uh, she a she, player? In- no,
2: she she's not involved in Sword at all. The comics. Oh, is it okay? No, she she was involved with uh, uh, Next Wave, but I don't think she's I don't think she's been a Sword agent. But Captain Marvel will probably tie back into Sorb when Captain Marvel 2 comes out and Monica is going to be in there. And if she's basically like heading up the new space station or whatever, it would make sense that she will sort of greet her old friend.
0: Um. So, you know, jumping back out of that, because I, I mean, I feel like mainly a lot of the B plot as far as like what's going on outside of the bubble, we've mainly addressed, but mostly it was to establish that they now um, are targeting Wanda, and there's conflict within their own ranks about okay. whether Wanda should be uh, classified a terrorist, even though she's clearly terrorizing an entire or she's mm-hmm. a part of terrorizing people. And she seems, when she exits the bubble, to seem to be acting of her own volition. To mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, but Vision, we now see he is able to tap into his powers to unlock the minds of other people here in the bubble. When he, you know, he unlocks the mind of his, his coworker. What was his name? Noah or something. I remember his name was. Norm. 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 (laughs) That's right. Uh, So when he does unlock norm, it, Vision is operating like a person who has their own consciousness, their own mind, Mm -hmm. like a a living being. Mm -hmm. If he's a little bit slow to pick up on human nuance, that's because he's he's still an android, right? To Mm -hmm. an extent. But Mm -hmm. we saw that scene last episode where it seemed like, oh, there's a dead vision. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to take that as there's a sheen put over him and that's the corpse walking around, or if somehow she's physically changed his 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 being and his makeup so he isn't that and he he has his own mind to an extent
2: can i again reference the comics i think that's what i'm here for yeah in that in that vision quest storyline the one where they disassemble him he comes back as a more emotionless version of himself wanda basically puts him back together i think with her I, i it's been a while since i read it but she puts him together as a like This, this white, all white version of himself.
0: I got a picture you sent me.
2: (laughs) And so I kind of wonder if that's the direction they're going. If basically Wanda tried to put him together for herself, but she's the one, she's the one who's inhabiting his old personality. And what we're going to get is once her power has stopped animating him, he's going to be this sort of more robotic version of himself.
0: Okay. I mean, hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't it like was, the sound of that to strip him away. Yeah. Of any of the emotion when I still feel there's so much more room for him to kind of grow in that direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't like the sound of that regression. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I like the, the white undies look here.
2: I didn't like it when they did in the mm-hmm. comics either. And, and they eventually rolled it back. So I would, I would expect, but there's right, been,
1: there's been rumors. He's looking fresh. Oh, I like
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking sharp.
1: All right. I didn't. I mean, didn't mean to knock a style, I guess. They'll walk outside <laughs> for five minutes and get so dirty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's Shower how he gets scene. all gray. Yeah. Uh
0: okay, so then we also have the commercial break. You know, we've been exploring in the uh previous three episodes where we've had a commercial break, how these all seem to tie to particular trauma points for Wanda. We have Stark Toaster for Stark who's father's weapons and his weapons, I guess as well were um, instrumental in her parents' death. We had a Strucker watch where she was um, taken in to by Baron von Strucker and manipulated. Um, We had the Hydra soap Hydra was tied to Strucker. And then this week we have the bounty quicker picker upper, um, paper towels called what are they called here
2: lagos lagos the place where she blew up the wakandan embassy
0: that's right lagos brand and that is once again another real sore spot for her because she was portrayed as a villain and she was a dividing line for the civil
2: war but also the tagline of this is when you made a mess that you didn't mean to right which is absolutely what happened you know she she blew up an embassy she didn't, she was trying to save cap and that's what happened so i liked i i like all i like the what they're doing like sort of recapping her origin via commercials
0: i feel like more and more as we're seeing these commercials the the lead actress sorry this picture is terrible but uh, <laughs> the lead actress that is playing um the mom in this commercial but it's the same uh, two actors her and uh, the husband character in all of the commercials, I feel mm-hmm. like more and more she's acting a little bit like uncomfortable and traumatized mm-hmm. under the surface.
1: It's almost like there's like,
0: ha, 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 ha. OK, here's this commercial <laughs> of of these paper towels. I wish I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Grant, uh, can you zoom and enhance? Like on CSI?
0: <laughs> you want you want me to uh, clean this up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. It, it gets worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even more pixelated. I can, I can pull it back
0: but also um I, I thought it was interesting looking at uh, the the this white mom with uh, a like two kids who are clearly not white and i remember mm-hmm. like just a few years ago how everyone was in shock of like a multiracial family for a cheerios commercial or something mm-hmm, <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm. this wouldn't fly in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and also th-
3: this happened much earlier than than vision mentions but vision mentions when Uh, he and Wanda are fighting that he's not seen any other kids around Westview. But uh, this, this screencraft just reminded me that there are kids in the commercial. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So where does the commercial enter in? Like, is the commercial some outside feed that is interjected into the world of WandaVision as like a way of reaching her? Like mm -hmm. by, by someone else who might be, Predatory and feeding off of her pain.
1: Like, I, that's why that's why I'm kind of confused about what these commercials are. It feels like it could maybe just be, like, we all try to run away from our trauma, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is where she's pushing it to these commercials. And yeah. that's when it bubbles up, it bubbles up on the TV.
0: But that's a good <laughs> point, Bryce. Like, why are there kids? <laughs> where are, the, where are <laughs> the kids coming from? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. By the mm. way, great, you said something about uh their her pain and her trauma and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there is an a big manipulator, if it might be Nightmare, who is a Doctor Strange foe, who I think there's rumors will be in Multiverse of Madness alongside Wanda. Mm. And I wonder if that may be the person, not not so much Mephisto, but Nightmare who's who's behind all of this.
0: I don't I don't know of this Nightmare guy, but I don't know. Andy,
1: are you just do you just have like the Marvel A to Z book on your lap and you're just like randomly pointing it's this character. <laughs> no,
2: man, it's in my head. I wish it was in my lap, but I learned this instead of algebra.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess the the last thing we haven't really addressed is the big fight. The marriage has culminated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've seen things breaking apart, but um, maybe they're skipping a decade, but a marriage kind of starting to break at the seams and and having a big fight like they have where they're floating up in the air. Uh, floating almost identically, too. Did you guys uh-huh, notice that? Even with uh-huh. the,
3: the same leg? I, I don't know enough about Vision because I, I didn't like him in any of the movies, but he definitely had a Wanda pose uh, as they were fighting, but you would think that they have ra- rather different right. powers or different sources of... Right. of- Whatever their magic
0: is. Exactly right there. It's like they're synchronized swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Wanda, it, it seems like a big driving force in why Wanda wants this world and why she even says, like, why she's sending him off to work is to keep him distracted and mm-hmm. keep him, you know, uh, pacified so that he remains in this world. Um, with her so that she can kind of live out this fantasy but that's breaking clearly and i i mean at this point now that he's aware of the conceit to a certain extent how much longer can this last
2: yeah i i this is a big break thing and the, the quicksilver showing up or pietro is is gonna be I don't know what's going to happen next episode. I have no idea, and I and I, that's one of the things I really like is, I I don't know how if they're going to like rewind back into the sitcom stuff. If she's going to retake control, uh, I've I don't know what's going to happen there. That's that's really interesting.
1: Randy, um, Dennis in the chat wants us to throw his theory at you. Okay. And he says, here's my stupid theory for this week. Mojo is a big part of this. And Pietro is a resident of Mojo world looking for ratings. Uh, can you decode that for me?
2: Yes. So Mojo is a guy who runs basically a TV dimension and, uh, he's a big nasty slug looking guy in a chair and he basically, he was an X-Men foe. He kidnapped all the X-Men and he basically runs essentially reality TV in in his dimension. He's also the Lord of those dimension, um, it makes a certain amount of sense because Mojo does do like larger than life TV. However, um, much as I would love to see Mojo in this show, I believe that the odds are much higher of Mephisto than Mojo. And as I said, I don't think Mephisto's
1: in this either. So Um,
0: Dennis also pointed out like, wasn't the dad in the commercial also the postman. And um, here's a picture of the postman. I don't have a picture side by side but I don't think that's the same guy
2: at
1: all no I think it was a different actor the other guy looked a little more Patton Oswaldy
2: yeah but that said the postman it was a weird moment to take to take that moment to have the postman like notice them mm-hmm. and say something to them he he didn't say anything like like ominous or anything but he was like he's like you know well I'm sure he'll turn up or and he says ma'am like it was weird to have to give him those little moments of scream time, and I wondered if there was something there if we're supposed to have noticed him.
0: I, I feel like someone in the chat... Oh, here we go. Will Morris said, uh, who do you think uh, the missing witness, Agent Wu, is is inside of uh, Westview? My money's on that mailman. He's got a look about him.
2: Missing witness?
0: So the, I think he's talking about the, the beekeeper in the second episode. Oh, I, yeah.
3: I thought he was referring to the start of the third episode where they meet outside of Westview. Oh, right. Yeah. That's why he was there. Cause they couldn't find this witness that they needed. And you're right. right. Because right, we were yeah. talking
0: last week about this idea that maybe the beekeeper guy was who we see as the ice cream man handing an ice cream in, yeah. in last week's episode. Um, because like someone was comparing the nose profiles and it's like, maybe it could be the same guy Yeah. like silhouette, but it definitely wasn't this guy. Um, in the beekeeper outfit. But, but maybe, that's right. We're maybe missing a witness.
2: We're missing a witness. I've I'd forgotten that element that there was supposed to be somebody missing inside this down.
0: And you know, that is a dangling thread if the missing witness was maybe something a little bit more important mm-hmm. than you know, just a guy who's who's on wit- witness protection for like the mob or something. Right. I don't know. But this guy is this guy's sus as well.
2: Uh, Grant we didn't talk about the the aerospace engineer
0: yes okay so Monica mentions when they're trying to figure out ways to get inside of the bubble uh, get under the dome um, that she's got an aerospace engineer friend and that seems like it's going to be a potential big character just given how much emphasis was
2: put on it uh, Randy, who do you think it is? I have no idea. I went looking before to see if I could find a list of because usually you can like find some list of like here are the engineers in Marvel and there's tons of them, but there's this like crazy theory on all kinds of sites that it's Reed Richards.
0: Um,
2: no, <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it, and I, I don't think it's Reed Richards. But here's my argument for how it could be they did make a lot of noise in the big, uh, you remember the Christmas of the MCU where they revealed the next like 30 movies and TV shows and everything that one day, one of the reveals that they had was we are in process of doing our fantastic four movie. And if they, if they've already cast their FF and they just haven't announced it yet, they could have cast Reed for this.
0: Yeah. But we've, we we already have John Krasinski playing Agent Wu. He can't also be
2: <laughs>
0: Reed Richards. Right?
2: You, you gonna explain that for people?
0: <laughs> that's a that's a reference to Randall Park playing John Krasinski in a brief bit in The Office. Right, right. <laughs> when I also saw a clip that
3: Pietro was in an episode of The Office, he was. Uh, yeah, he's the nephew. He
0: was the nephew. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Wait a minute,
2: is this all just an office spin off? Is this the parks and rec we never got? Is that what this whole thing is? That's what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> is Mike sure behind
0: this? <laughs> no, I mean, if this was a backdoor way to bring in you know Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four, I think there, there's certain elements of this show that feel um like this was, this was not the time when they were going to release WandaVision, right? Weren't yeah. they planning to release this later in this year? Yeah. And they bumped this up ahead of some other things. Cause it was going to be captain and Falcon, right? For- that was, right.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And we also see the, um, you know, the, in the trailers, we've seen plenty of scenes of this Halloween scene, which I wonder if that was even like trying to aim around Halloween time. Mm-hmm. When you have Wanda and vision dressed up in Halloween costumes. They have that as mm-hmm. well as the uh, talking directly to the camera kind of seems, so it feels like they're really playing on like modern family
1: mm-hmm. um, or the office
0: or the office as well. Um, <laughs> but it, it makes me think that if, if they were aiming to have this happen later, then potentially it was a little bit more, a little bit closer in time to where having that reveal wouldn't be too far down the road from them announcing casting for fantastic four. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe they do already have it locked and they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll put it out like 2
2: years before that movie yeah, comes out. But it could it could be any number. Like there's all kinds of inventors in the Marvel universe. They could it could be anybody. They could be bringing in Forge from the X-Men. I like, think that's unlikely too. There there's there's plenty of engineers, but they de- it definitely felt like a a spotlight was thrown on a wait a minute. Who's this? Who built this drone that you sent in?
0: I meant to say F it," by the way, because I think otherwise uh, we've been pretty clean this episode. <laughs> 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 Too late. Do you
3: think? Oh, okay. This might be this might be a little bit of a jag because I don't know what type of science man he is, but do you think it could be a cameo with Bruce Bruce Banner and the Hulk? Mm. Given that he might not, we might not see another Hulk mainline like movie for well, a while, but he would be a good support. It just outside of whatever the realities of the comics are, but yeah. just thinking in terms of like, well, Mark Ruffalo is probably not going to be doing a lot of uh, doing a feature film Hulk movie, but he is a good and well-liked sort of secondary character you can inject into this
2: universe. Well, he's, um, he's technically, he's usually not that kind of guy, but he did build time travel in the movies. So they could definitely expand his profile, but he is going to be in the She-Hulk TV show they're doing.
0: Oh, uh,
3: right.
2: Okay. Now, that doesn't necessarily mis- mean it wouldn't be in this, but I, but I have a feeling it's somebody else. But or maybe it, they
0: could potentially bring in other X Men. Like, uh, could it be like Beast, Hank McCoy, the Hank McCoy of this world? I mean, I mean that's
2: that's Hank's profile. He could definitely. Didn't he, he build built, the Blackbird?
0: He built the Blackbird, mm-hmm. but you know, he, his specialty was probably more like genetics or something, right?
2: But I mean, Aeros- the Blackbird—that's by default aerospace engineering. So right. yeah. that'd be that'd be a weird one, though. I mean, if if they're, they're bringing multiple the
0: ones. <laughs> fingers in many pies, he's a real. Well, fan. Um, you
2: sit in kind of the x
3: man world, right? If we're yeah. not ready to integrate Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. then that's kind of a, a a second bat for the X-Men.
1: Yeah. Well, we we are potentially waiting for a big cameo or another big cameo, because a journalist phrased a question to. Um, uh, what's her name who plays Wanda? Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Um, phrased it that uh, are we going to see a, a Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill type cameo or surprise cameo in WandaVision? And she said yes.
2: But she could have been talking about Pietro,
1: right? Or
3: even, I mean, some of the things that I had seen about that, especially that quote specifically, Mike, are, uh, Doctor Strange. If this is a right. a, a yeah. setup for multiverse of madness, then it would make sense for yeah for yeah. Doctor Strange to show up. It's um, kind of boring. I kind of I kind of thought, especially given that they make a big point of Monica not liking her, I thought it would be my immediate thought was, oh, Captain Marvel's going to show up at the end. Yeah,
0: uh, she's going to show up and save the
3: day with her right. magic.
0: She seemed to really like bristle too. at even the mention of her. Um, mm-hmm. We also got a little bit of a a nod to. The parents of the Maximoffs, mm-hmm. Rina and Oleg are the names here. Not the same names as the other parents in the comics who aren't, you know, uh, Magneto. Right. Um, but again, I, I don't know. Is there even a way for them to backdoor slide in the idea that Magneto's like the actual
2: parent of them? It depends on whether Magneto existed in the MCU before uh before all this multiversal stuff. It depends on how they bring mutants in. Because in the comics, Magneto was basically their their father when they were infants, so they never remembered him. And Arena and Oleg, or whoever they were in the comics, I don't remember their names, they got them when they were infants. So that could absolutely have happened here. Mm. You know, we it, it could be but but that would mean that Magneto existed pre-dating all the uh multiverse stuff. So I guess that depends on how they
0: want to go. Uh, we got some thoughts, some comments here that I was going to kind of run through, pop a few on. Um, Dennis McElwain says maybe the a- aerospace engineer is uh, Pietro in disguise. Maybe oh. they already figured out how to get in and their in is to look like it. It was weird when Pietro shows up and Wanda clearly doesn't. Like for a second, she hesitates because it's not her Pietro, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then and she, she goes,
3: go. "That wasn't me." When the door rings, right? Yeah, and right. She kind of yeah. shows up at an opportune time, and maybe it could be a, an operative,
2: right? Is that split personality, or is that someone else operating? And we don't know.
0: But what's going on with her hesitating there, not recognizing, but at the same time embracing? Him in a way that is like, oh, you are my Pietro. Is there, mm-hmm. is there some cross-dimensional recognition that this is still her Pietro, or is it possible that the Wanda of two different universes, their minds have melded, and maybe that's what's the right. conflict here? Mm-hmm. So part of her doesn't recognize him as her Pietro, and part of her does.
1: Right. It could just be that a emotional need, you know, that is just wiping over her. You know her, her, her intellect. I I would love to see Pedro right now. He looks a little different, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and isn't that kind of I I don't know enough, uh, Randy. You might know more specifically, but is that a little bit of how um, uh, Wiccan and and Tommy kind of come to be? Right, they are kind of Scarlet Witch's children, but they are also uh moved consciousness to actual physically different children i i wonder if if because we're seeing a lot of there it seems like there's some parallels in there in the show as as well and I, i wonder if maybe it's setting something like that up
2: i think you'd be right yeah their their origins are so weird and fudgy that it would make certain sense to to do the same thing with pietro
0: um that psycho reviewer says Pod, I hope Hayward isn't actually bad or evil. I'm getting so tired of that kind of thing in plot, to be honest. Just make him an in- incompetent mean guy. It's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Henry Peter Gyrick thing. That guy's been around in, in Marvel's government or agencies for like 30 years, and he's sometimes played more sinister, but usually he's just played as this guy's a bureaucrat who should not be in charge of this. And I feel like that'd be the way to go. And I hope that's the way they're going.
0: All right, I'm it's gonna.
3: It... Oh, sorry. It, isn't it interesting that the three of our characters who are on the S.H.I.E.L.D. side of the plot, two out of the three of them don't work inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and Monica is only just getting back into it, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy moves FBI, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know what Darcy is, but she doesn't seem, she doesn't seem, or right? Sword to me. Um, but I, it would be weird in a format like this to also work in, you know, bureaucratic espionage again of like we we can't trust the leadership it swore like it it doesn't mm-hmm. seem we're too late in this show for that to be a threat I think
0: yeah Will Wilmore yeah, well, <laughs> well, says I hope it's Wizard just Wizard Wizard you are the
1: father what's going on there Randy just um, the guy who just pisses everywhere Wizard
2: <laughs> the Wizard is an unfortunately named uh guy he's a speedster he and his wife Miss America who are golden age heroes were at one point adoptive parents, or maybe they was made out that they were the parents of Quicksilver and Wanda, because I'm sure they're like, oh, some some writer was like, it was probably Roy Thomas, was like, oh, Wizard has super speed. Quicksilver is super speed. He must be the father. By the way, I think I am pretty sure that Wizard gets his powers from mongoose blood. Not radioactive mongoose blood, not scientifically altered, not just, he just got an injection of mongoose blood and becomes super fast. So if you guys get some mongoose blood, you can hook that up
3: that's awesome actually i think i think as far as origin stories go that
2: one's good also we don't have the picture pulled up because we don't know this was going to come up but google wizard and take a look at that dude's costume it is yellow i don't know <laughs> if that's not what that was the word for it in the 40s or the 60s or whatever they came up with, but it's just unfortunate all around
0: and his his arch nemesis was the golden shower
1: right <laughs> No, that was his superpower. <laughs> that was his finishing move.
0: There were a lot of rumors this week. I, I guess there's a big spoiler for next week's episode. Ooh. I don't know if there was a bit of a, a crossover between whatever that big spoiler was this that week or next week, but it seems to be uh, circling around episode six. Mm-hmm. Um So there was speculation that they might have released uh episode five and six today at the same time, mm-hmm. given how much people were hearing about this uh, other big spoiler. I don't know if it's cameo or what um, Kern here says, basically, basically we're all going to have to stay unspoiled as much as possible next until next Friday uh, in case the mysterious aerospace engineer is revealed in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to say be vigilant in uh how you oh, avoid man. spoilers because I mean I, I've been hearing stuff left and right and just like I'm I'm dodging it like Quicksilver, just trying to <laughs> you
2: know. dodging like the wizard.
0: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um yeah, so if if you uh do know what the spoiler is in, in the comments, please don't don't spoil it for us. Definitely trying to avoid this as best as possible.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard that, and that's that's good to know.
0: Although uh, that Sega reviewer is saying that um, it was the Evan Peters reveal. Uh-huh. Oh. So, you know, if that's the case, we're in the clear. <laughs> that, that'll be cool. Um, all right. I, I didn't sift through all the other comments that were coming in earlier on in the episode. I think Mike got a few of them. But uh, I, I, I just want to say to everyone who has tuned in this week, appreciate your comments. Sorry if we missed some of them that you guys were directing toward us. But... I think we're at a point where we can go ahead and wrap up. You know, there's a funny thing people say about podcasts that review TV in that the podcast is twice as long as the show they're <laughs> reviewing. And in this case, it's completely true. Um, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in this week for the podcast. Remember that you can, Follow us over on Twitter at MCU pod uh, to find out when we're going live. You can also just go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit that notification button. And when we go live, you get alerts. So you can do that. That's, that's a nice, easy way. We try and um, spend a few minutes in the beginning of every episode, giving you time to get into the, into the, the live stream. Um, Bryce, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me
1: on. This was great.
0: Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, Where can people find you?
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brycas. B-R-Y-C-A-S. And uh, I think uh, the fans of your podcast might like Cord Killers. Uh, it's a show about streaming and entertainment news. We talk about, you know, your Rokus and your Netflixes and the movies and stuff. Uh, that's every Monday. Uh, usually comes out at the late night on Monday. Uh, you can go to ChordKillers.com and find out. Uh, all about that we also have a sister show called it's spoiler in time where we cover three shows every week so we're we're following wandavision and uh the stand right now on cbs all access mm-hmm. and we're going back through hannibal which is fantastic i'm i'm loving it um and so you can find okay. both of those at
1: dot yeah everybody watch cord killers i'm a big fan oh, it's thank really you. Good. um randy you can go to hell
2: <laughs> you're, <laughs> just saying, you're just saying that because it's in the show notes it, it
0: is written in the show notes i have to read the script as it says here go to hell you have
1: to read what you read <laughs> <laughs> um
2: randy where where do you want people to find you uh people can find me at uh the tvdudes.com. we do a weekly tv podcast drops every friday uh covering pretty much what's on right now although sometimes we're jumping back and forth and uh and covering stuff that was on a few weeks back. And you can also find me at uh, roguesgallerytx.com. That's my store website. And we do a weekly podcast there that is focused on comics and also other comics related nerd pop culture stuff.
0: We have a team Randy member. (laughs) Go to hell, Dennis.
2: Dennis doesn't want me to go to hell.
1: (laughs) Um, Mike, do you want to, you want to plug anything? Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia. Grant and I are on Star Trek pod, Star Trek pod dot co. We're off season right now, but we do pop on the pod about once or twice a month during the off season. So check that out, too.
0: Uh, You can follow me at Baron von Grant. We will be back next week at 9 p.m. Central talking about episode six here on YouTube. So be sure to like and share and all that stuff and visit the pod. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. And until next week, do we have a do we have an outro thing that we say? Do we have a hi quake? Hi quake! (laughs)